Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. ITL Fantasy Podcast Network presents In a World of Football Podcasts that sounds like this. Welcome into our podcast on Suck Talk Radio. And talk like this. Wah, 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 wah. Don't go after running back, wah, wah. Because they're not. So much fun. Bogman, let's not overreact here. The In This League Fantasy Football Podcast. Featuring Bugman. Oh, he's on tilt. He's full tilt. He has no idea where he's going. I think I'd rather shit in my pants in public, to be honest with and you. And the Welsh. I think that, you know, they would have like uh, a... <laughs> like, like what they did to their real doll the <laughs> night before. <laughs> oh, no, I'm dying. Playing on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. Never like LARPed or anything like that. What the f*** is a LARP? Coming to your ears. What's up, friends? It's the In This League Fantasy Football Podcast Playoff Edition. Nope. Yes, but nope. <laughs> 2023 drafts. It's Bogman. It's Welch over at InThisLeague.com. You guys can check out the Patreon even in the offseason because there really is no offseason. ITL's got you covered with the War Room talking about all the draft stuff, getting you prepared for Dynasty. And Bogman's going to have lists in the offseason you're going to want to check out. Plus, we got a football group me room and much, much more. In this league.com. It's not just for football season. It's a year round support in this league over there and get some cool stuff and just be a part of a cool fantasy football community and other sports in this league.com. Today on the episode, we are going to be talking about our first five round. Yes, we did five rounds of an early 2023 mock draft, and we're going to be breaking all that down. I actually also in that uh, time period did a first round mock on the athletic, which is very interesting seeing how this one went. And it's the I was texting you about that one. five. Yeah, Vogman got all worked up because I was pressing. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to go take a listen to it, uh, we had a we did a different format on the athletic one. Jake wanted to do it was his idea, and I was like, that's a cool idea. It was called the agreement draft, where it was essentially a majority rule situation. So instead of you know me having a pick and then him and then Brandon doing a pick or something like that, that we had to come to an agreement on the picks. And we thought we'd get through two rounds. We only got through one. And <laughs> one of the biggest disagreements is a player we're going to talk about. And I'm probably going to be one of the more divisive combos around is Travis Kelsey, where um, I had to kind of fight for Travis Kelsey to be a first round pick in that. And you mock. don't even like Travis Kelsey. I don't. Now. I wouldn't even yeah. draft him. And I had to fight <laughs> for it. And Bogman was like worked up about it. Bogman's like, Bogman called me and he's like, I text Jake about that. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. Like, oh. I text Jake while I was listening. I'm like, what are you talking about? Travis yeah. Kelsey. You know, like maybe he doesn't have to go in the top four or five or whatever, but he's in the first round. And Jake was like, I don't want to put him in there unless he's 12. So it was, uh, it was a big discussion about Travis yeah. Kelsey. And you'll see where he goes in this mock. It was uh, much higher than uh, Jake's. Thoughts. Yeah, exactly. No. So we're going to go through. We did this. Uh, our boy CK, who is on the War Room podcast, which is on this feed with Bogman, is in here. We got a bunch of our ITL Army members, and we'll just kind of go through the picks here. We'll let you guys know what's going down. A very early look into 2023 if you guys are starting to prep. Not really a dynasty conversation. This is in the redraft perspective. But overall, it's going to give you a good idea of like what some of the perception of value is going to be. And unlike what I did at the Athletic, we did have rookies in here. We did uh, opt. There's, there's always this debate. Yeah. The big debate was, and I didn't bring this up, like when I was talking with Jake about it, he's like, nah, the, you know, first off, it's just good for the next draft. We can have him on. But he's like, you know, there's situations. This is another big argument that Bogman had. And, and I heard, I actually told Bogman, I heard him in my head when Jake <laughs> was saying this to say this, where Jake was like, hey, listen, you know, the value can change with the Eagles. And as much as I've watched and talked with everybody and specifically Bogman, I wanted, I kind of had this feeling like, well, Bijan, I think is team proof in Bogman. There's no person in the world that I've ever dealt with in fantasy, especially from football perspective. I've been like, Hey, Bogman, we should do this. Bogman is the ultimate. Nope. It, ma it only matters when the, they have their teams. This is the most important yeah. thing. Everything changes. I can't get, I'm like, Hey, I got this really great idea. And Bogman's like, Nope, they got to have their teams. 
even Bogman's like, Bijan doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where Bijan goes. He's like, I don't care. The value is the value where Bijan is. So that that's what's held so much weight to me. It's the same thing as Christian McCaffrey, right? Like you hear these coaches and, and every we've heard Ron Rivera say, we heard Matt Rule say, we heard Steve Wilkes say it. Like all these guys on the Panthers that have coached um, Christian McCaffrey always say, well, we want him to touch the ball less because we want him to last. But when you get out there on the field, He's so much better than everyone else. You can't take him off the field. You can't not give him the ball. He's your best player. He gets you first down. So, you know, Bijan is a Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley type of prospect where it does. You can't take him off the field. Even if you want to take him off the field, you can't do it because there's no one else that can do what he does. So yeah. uh, he is going to be a very high pick. Uh, in most drafts. And if he gets a good landing spot, he's going to be a rookie that goes in the first round and you should all be ready for it because, uh, yeah. and if you don't believe me, I know I'm a Texas Homer, all that stuff. If you don't believe me, just go and watch him, go, go to YouTube, watch his highlights, all that stuff and come back and tell me I'm right. Yeah, because I am. Well, and and he is going to be drafted in this. So we're going to talk about this. We've got our full mock draft. Uh, I don't know if we even decide if anybody wants, we could do it. We could put it on our Patreon if people sure. want to check it out. Uh, we'll put up the five mock results. We usually like to do that stuff. Maybe we can we make got that through a part six of everything. Full, but yeah, it's yeah, I think we did through so. six. Yeah, yeah, we kind of meant it to be five. We ended up going through six. Yeah, we do have six listed on here. Actually, some interesting six round picks. Uh, but we'll probably you know really focus on the top end. So we'll be going through that, breaking that down here in just a tiny bit. Though this does give us a chance uh, to talk about a few things. Bogman, your team, unfortunately, was not able to get up and make it through. I know you're hurt, but a bigger question about all of it, that the miracle didn't happen. Matt Canada. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not even a little bit surprised. because Really? Yeah, well, look, I, I not that I want Matt Canada back, because I don't. Uh, and I think it's bad when you get two years in, and now you're switching offensive coordinators on a you know young quarterback i don't True think or false. that's going to be literally any other offensive coordinator in the league or in college or high school would have been a better option than matt canada i don't think that's true i don't think literally anyone putting a defensive I, lineman coach as your offensive i mean coordinator look matt patricia might have worked out better dude <laughs> like i i'm not i'm not uh i i'm not a matt canada supporter i'm not <laughs> well but, i haven't found one either so you tell me when you find right one. right but I'll say this is it's not surprising because the Steelers promote from within. They don't go out and make splashy coach hires unless they're super cheap. Like Brian Flores was just, he was making all of his dolphins money and suing them. And he just wanted somewhere to go for a year. So he came to Pittsburgh on Steelers, a, that's a, our type of guy. Yeah, that's a cheap. Yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, that's, that's the way it is. So, you know, uh, I think their thought process is, well, Tomlin makes so much money. We're not going to pay the assistants a lot either, which is why Bruce Arians had to leave. And, uh, all that stuff too. I mean, Todd Haley was their splashy hire and he was terrible. So um, I'm not surprised. And it's because the offense got so much better in the second half. Still wasn't good. It was still right around league average, but it was such an improvement, dramatic improvement from the first half to the second half. We we're also playing way worse teams in the second half. Not a surprise there, um, but you know, they're going to stick with Matt Canada and mm. you're going to see, a lot of the same stuff you saw last year, which is frustrating. A lot of drops, a lot of drops. So you guys, but my team did make it. Um, that Seattle game was wild. Tale and of two halves there. Good it lord. Was a tale of, well, also a tale of a different, you know, two quarterbacks and Brock Purdy. So, just real quick, talking about it. So your playoff matchup for the divisional round. We've got Jags at the Chiefs on Saturday. We've got Giants at the Eagles. We've got Bengals at the Bills, and then the oh man, the Sunday night game, the mm -hmm. Dallas Cowboys going up against my 49ers. and it's really rough, man. And one of the in, insanely fascinating conversations is going to be around what the hell the 49ers do. And I, I was telling you the other day, like everyone's making a big deal about it. Here's what's going to happen: Jimmy Garoppolo is gone. He restructured his contract. He's gone. He'll go play for someone else. They move on. And the 49ers will have both quarterbacks to play next year. Brock Purdy will be the backup. They're going to give Trey Lance a chance to start, but don't hold anything against that Brock Purdy isn't going to make it tough. The problem is, is like that game, if you watched it, was classic Brock Purdy. He is Jimmy Garoppolo light with wheels. He has insane, he, he wants to needle and thread balls. He is a really accurate passer, except when he's not. He makes similar boneheaded ass throws that Jimmy Garoppolo does, but he's way more poised than anybody thought. He is so impressive overall, but he is not 
the, he's not the four touchdown six and zero whatever he is with the Niners quarterback. The team context makes him better, and I'm very worried about that going up against the Cowboys because his Cowboys defense is going to be no joke. And guess what? If you watch him enough. He gets away with stuff. He throws these yeah. bad passes that he's gotten away with guys not picking it off. One penalty, I think, in the like second game, he threw a pick and then it came back. Like that's just, you can't make those mistakes against Dallas, and he continues to make those. So I'm a little Dak, bit worried about. For as that. bad as Dak looked going into the playoffs, he looked pretty flawless against the Bucks. Yeah. Too, uh, so, so I am very worried. And the 49ers are becoming one of the worst first quarter teams. It's unbelievable how much they let go the first half, a slow start, and then they pick it back up. So I'm definitely worried. But at the same time, if you look at the totality of it, the 49ers look like the best team in the playoffs right now. I mean, they do for top to bottom. They look like the most complete team, but we also have not seen the Eagles, which we're going to see this weekend. So I'm terrified. You know, the best teams. Yeah. Yeah. And the chiefs. Exactly. We haven't seen those guys. So I'm worried. Boggs Niners are a four point favorite. Cowboys are absolutely no joke. It's also, the um, it is the number one rivalry that exists in my brain. This is what I grew up with in the nineties. It was Niners and Cowboys. This was it. We got a rookie ass quarterback. I don't know. And Cowboys <laughs> fans, we got so many in the army. I'll be muting the group me rooms, whether we win or lose, because <laughs> I'm not interested in jumping on them unless they're obnoxious and they're going to be excited to get on me. So well, I am yeah, very nervous. I, about. I don't that. think they're excited to get on you. I think they're just excited about the Cowboys playing well. Right. And, and uh, they played very well. They, they drummed, uh, the bucks out of the playoffs. I mean, Brady looked like garbage. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be, that's going to be one of the, the better games. I think, uh, I think that game and the Cincinnati Buffalo game is going to be very good. I wouldn't be surprised if we get blowouts on the Saturday games. Uh, cause you know, Kansas city coming in with extra rest at home against the Jaguars who had to come back after being down 27 zip. Uh, against uh, the Chargers, and the Chargers just went full Chargers in that game. It was crazy. And then, um, you know, I the Giants, th- this could be one of those things. And look, we saw the, the Eagles do this with Nick Foles, where Nick Foles got on a hot run, Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith got on a hot run, Joe Flacco's got on a hot run before in the playoffs. We've seen this happen. Um, where the Are you saying Danny Dimes is going to get on a hot run? He he looked unbelievable against the Vikings. He was so good. Cousins was good in that game, by the way. And everyone wants to crap on uh, Kirk Cousins and, uh, you know, primetime and all that stuff. But he was outstanding in that game. It's just the defense couldn't stop the Giants. And, um, you know, we could see something there, but I fully expect it to be okay. announced by Kansas City and Philly. Here. Oh, that's a, so let's start here real quick. Jags, Chiefs. It's so funny. The Lions progressively moved down. As far as spread uh, goes, mm. uh, Kansas City eight and a half point favorite up against the Jags. Who yeah, I would take I'd take Kansas City in that one. You think Kansas City is going to route this one? Jags are not going to compete here. They had the extra rest. It's Trevor Lawrence's first road playoff star. Yeah, I mean, I just think Casey rolls. Um, I'm going to agree with you. I mean, I think they're going to win. That's one thing. If we're talking, do you about remember spread, Watson's first start in this game a couple years ago? It was on the road in Kansas City. And Watson looked so good in the first half. They had the Chiefs dead to rights and just choked it away in the second half. And uh, the Chiefs end up winning. So I-, I could see something like that happen. Like maybe we get a couple good drives from Trevor Lawrence, those scripted drives that you start with. Maybe those are great. But after that, things start breaking down. Pressure, it's going to be loud in there. And Lawrence already said, I don't know how it could be much louder than Jacksonville. It is. Uh-huh. Arrowhead is insanely loud. It's one of the loudest stadiums in the league. So, um, yeah, the the Chiefs fans are going to be my, in full throat there. My only problem is the Chiefs are back to what they were last year. Um, against the spread, they're six ten and one this year. Six ten and one against the spread, and uh, the Jags ja- ja- only nine and spreads nine. against the Broncos and Raiders and teams like that. So uh, the, well, they they know people want to bet on the Chiefs because they're the most fun team to watch in the league. So they they set those spreads a little too high. I suppose uh, two of the last three games, they've won by more than double digits. But if you go back to the last six, only two of the six have they won by, uh, they would have covered this spread. And this is a playoff Jaguars team. So I don't know. I guess I would go Kansas City. I'm a little bit indifferent about this. Uh, Eagles, Giants. Eagles are a seven and a half point favorite. What side are you going to take here? You were just, you said Danny Dimes is the best quarterback and is going to win. MVP I didn't say any, anywhere near that. I said oh. I could see him going on a run, uh, but I think the run stops in Philly, dude. Philly's too good. Def, uh, best offensive line in the league, best defensive line in the league, uh, plus A.J. Brown. 
hard to beat that team. So give me Philly. Yeah, I think and the spread. You're comfortable with the spread, yeah. obviously. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I'm I think I'm much more comfortable about this one, just giving the stats. Giants, though, number one in the league against the spread. 14 and four where the no Eagles one, are only eight and nine, dude. No one believes in them. Like how, how many games were, uh, how many games were the giants favored? You can click, uh, click on their team names there and see if you can see it. Cause, um, I bet you they were only favored in like half their games. So I don't think I'm going to be able to see this information. Well, I'm on DraftKings right now. So oh, on DraftKings. All right. I'll see if are, I can so. find it. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, incredible against the spread. It's a big amount of points. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm a sucker. I probably want to buy like give me if I got six and a half, I would be really, really about this one uh, on their matchups this year. Let's see what those games did. If I can find it. Uh, let's see more. So this is what giant. So the Eagles beat the Giants 48 to 22. And then the other matchup doesn't exist where is it why am i not seeing it they should have two oh and then uh they won 16 to 22 so by the way the giants have been underdogs in 13 games so far this year yeah well, so now that's the eagles did no good against the spread eagles would not have covered last game but they they really ran it up on the uh, 48 to 22 in week 14 yeah but that's so. one of those games where it could be like let's say the eagles are up by seven or excuse me by three uh, on the last drive, the Giants have the ball and, you know, you're getting desperate and they throw a pick six or something and you get backdoored yeah. like that. could You could easily see that. That's a one score type of deal there. I'm going to go with the Eagles in this one and the spread, too. These are probably both sucker plays by both of us, both taking the favorites. I'd personally probably like to buy down to six and a half or I don't know, you know, maybe do a little a little parlay action where I get the Eagles at six and a half and I just play the um, play Kansas City spread or something like that. Uh, I don't know, maybe get the Kansas City down to seven, you know, do a little parlay action and get them probably at 150. I wonder what that would be. I'm not going to look, though. Uh, all right. Then Sunday matchup rematch Bengals Bills. Bills are a five and a half point favorite. Um, I probably take the Bengals against the spread. This one's going to be close, but uh, give me the Bills to win. Uh, OK, so you're taking Bengals spread. Bills move on. Yes. I'm joining you on that. I was also going right. to say, I think I'm going to take the Bengals spread on this one as well. Uh, five and a half points. I think it's going to be a very close really game. Listen to my gut. I'd probably take the Bengals to move on too. but yeah, I don't, <laughs> oh, don't want to no, do, no, do it. Do it. Do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. You Give me the bills. Special. You guys already heard it. Bill, Bengals are moving on. Bills are getting eliminated. You already did it. It's too late. All right. I, and I final think, one. I, you know, uh, Jonah Williams is going to be, if he cannot play in that game, he got hurt. Uh, their left tackle, their line is already so bad. And the bills defensive line is so good. I mean, Ed Oliver is just going to eat his lunch here. So I don't know. I, I think that's the biggest matchup there is that if the Bengals O-line can hold up, they'll win. I think they'll win going away. But uh, if you're only giving Joe Burrow one Mississippi, he's going to be uh, in the dirt a lot. All right. So Bogman has Bengals and Chiefs. <laughs> and then uh, the last game, my 49ers are hosting the Dallas Cowboys. They're a four-point favorite. What do you think, Boggs? Yeah, look. Uh, you know, you worry about a rookie quarterback in his first start at home, but the nerves were shook. Obviously, the Niners were down uh, at halftime in that game, and then they took over. Uh, so I think that they have enough, few enough. I'm not going to say Purdy doesn't make a big boneheaded mistake here, but uh, few, in, they're going to do enough to still win. What's the spread, did you say? Four. Yeah, give me the Niners. I'll take the Niners and lay the points. All right, uh, Dallas is 10-7-1 against the spread. Niners are 12-6, fourth in football against the spread right now. Um, I am, I'm just, I'm obviously going Niners. I'm going to go Niners on the spread as well. I think this could, I'm a little bit worried this could be a field goal game. I'm a little bit worried Dallas might have a first half. You know what one I might play? I might play the Dallas Cowboys first half line if anybody is playing that which is let's see if I can see game lines. I wonder if they had, cause they'll only have the first half. They won't have any second half bull crap. Let's see team props, game props, game halves. Here we go. So yeah, it's two and uh, plus two and a half on the Cowboys. So it has to give me three, give me three, you sons of bitches. Give me three and I'd be on it, but I might play Dallas plus two and a half on the half just based on uh, how the 49ers performed. Also, kind of actually dig 21 and a half points is the first half line. I actually don't mind that as, as well. Niners don't give up points in the second half at the rate they do in the first. So 
that's, you know, a couple touchdowns and some field goals. So I'm, I would take the over on that, but I'm going to go 49ers. So I have 49ers and the Eagles with the Bills and the Chiefs. Bogman has the Chiefs and the Bengals with the uh, the 49ers I hope and that's not the it. Eagles. I hope that's not it because the this Bengals team with Joe Burrow is undefeated against the Chiefs. Uh, as crazy as that is to think. So could we go back to 80? Could we go back to 88, 89? Niners, Bengals? Ugh, no, the ghost of John Candy needs I to return. So the Niners are in there, but anybody else. So besides the Bengals, the Bengals? Yeah. I actually Look, would rather the Bengals, the Bengals almost Bengals lost too. to a, you know, a backup quarterback in Tyler Huntley uh, last week. It took Tyler Huntley fumbling at the goal line and Hubbard picking it up and huffing 99 yards the other way uh, for them to get that dub. So, uh, but that could have been their blip. You know, that could have been their one screw up here. So we'll see. It's going to be a fun have- weekend. That's for sure. Uh, I've thought about this a little bit. I don't know about you, but like, do you know the misery this is going to be for me if the San Francisco 49ers make the Super Bowl in my home city and here in Arizona? I can't go. I mean, I looked at the tickets three weeks ago. My son was because I was telling him about it because the NFL experience and stuff. I might take him to a thing or two. They're also doing in like Old Town Scottsdale. They're doing like the radio row thing. And I'm like, yeah, we can do those. And then he's like, why can't we go to the Super Bowl? I'm like, buddy, you know how expensive the tickets are? I'm thinking like $800 for the cheapest. I go and look. Two grand at least. $2,500 for the tippy top of the stadium garbage seats. I was like, oh my God. I had no, I don't yeah, even think people I complain about stuff. eggs. You know, uh, <laughs> look at Super Bowl tickets. I mean, Christ. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just absurd. And look, you know. Would I love to go to a Super Bowl in my life? Absolutely. But you don't beat sitting at home on your couch watching the game. So no, it's, but it's just a better like, experience. I'd be 20 minutes away from my team yeah. in the Super Bowl in my own city. And I it, it's it's wild. It's yeah. wild. It's a but wild. You know thing. what? You, you're going to feel real good when you can still pay the mortgage. So it's, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. And, uh, you know, my luck is not going to be the case. Be, if the Cowboys in, I'm going to leave the state. The Cowboys are in the, Super Bowl, <laughs> I'm leaving the state. All right. Uh, there you go. Just a little talk about uh, what's going on in the playoffs. I do want to let everybody know. We are going to be back uh, Super Bowl week because we are going to be doing an all Super Bowl prop show for you. Like everybody, of course, everyone's going to do it. We're going to be going through talking about our absolutely favorite Super Bowl stuff. We're going to have fun with it. We probably are probably also, I mean, maybe we'll do a live stream and we'll put it into a podcast. We might do this on our Twitch because I think it'd be fun to get some people's thoughts on them. Um, but just be on the lookout on this podcast feed because we're going to have lots of Super Bowl betting for you and uh, twitch.tv slash in this league for all the extra content. Let's take a break. When we come back. It's 2023 early, 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 early mock draft. Five rounds. We'll do it right after this. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus the snozberries taste like snozberries. I'm freaking out, man. You are freaking out, man. Littering and... Littering and... Littering and... Littering and smoking the... In this league. Break it down. And we're back. We're back, Bogman, for mock drafts, well, five rounds. I gotta tell you this real, real fast before we get into it, because, you know, on the baseball pod, if you guys are listening to both, uh, you know, I threw out there that maybe Aroldis Chapman would want to uh, move to Kansas city because of the food. Cause it's amazing. I just thought this was funny. Um, Adam Schefter asked Andy Reed about playing a game in Germany next year. Cause I guess Kansas city is going to go play uh, in Germany. And Andy Reed said, I look forward to getting a bratwurst. That's <laughs> <laughs> the most Andy Reed comment of all. Time. Yes. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It just intertwining 
the the food stuff I thought was hilarious. So. That's funny. Uh, no food here, just players, just mocks, and we had twelve of us. So this is the lay of the land on the mock draft. We had, as I get back over to it, we had our boy CK, who's on the war room with the number one overall pick. I ended up getting the second overall pick. I have no concept hey, who number Steven. three is. Okay, Steven at three, Braun at four, Bogman has five. I believe that's Nick. Is that Nick? Uh, at seven, that is Vinny at eight, Toft at nine, Kyle T at 10, Barrow. I, I must have the number here. Yeah, yeah, I think I had the numbers wrong there. Uh, Barrow is at 11, Aaron or 10, Aaron's at 11, and Barwood, uh, Brian Hoover is 12. Jesus. Somewhere in there, I skipped the number, but whatever. We're going to go through these. This was the draft order that was randomized. We did this on fan tracks and then we just kind of killed it. We had a discussion on the athletic show about the top pick. And since ours was a, an agreement show, Brandon got the first kind of nomination and he nominated Austin Eckler and he, he went through great options of why he thinks he's the guy. I then countered to say, this is Christian McCaffrey to me and Jake agreed. And we came to an agreement that this was McCaffrey one a and Eckler one B that did not go here as Justin Jefferson was the number one overall pick who obviously if you take away him destroying many people's hopes at the end of the year by getting shut down um, by sauce and, you know, just a really brutal go. He was one of the best fantasy players. I think from a per game perspective, I think he was the number one player in fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, obviously wide receivers, uh, the core return is unbelievable. And both those running backs have questions with them. McCaffrey, not anymore about him being a Niner, but his injury history, which wasn't a thing this year. And Austin Eckler, I think repeatability is a question, but like he came off of a 20 touchdown season and he shut everybody the hell up this year with scoring touchdowns again. So I think it's more people just wanting them to fail and running backs to fail. But CK went with Justin Jefferson, which is a very chalk-like option. So what I'm curious about here is your take, because I'm going to just let everyone know, with number two pick, I took Christian McCaffrey. He would have been my number one if I had had him. He is the number one overall in my eyes, but a chalk play is Justin Jefferson. So how do you spar this out? Christian McCaffrey for me. You have the best running back in the best system for running backs. I don't think you can beat that. So, um, And look, I understand that uh, Justin Jefferson was outstanding. Only two wide receivers averaged over 20 points per game. It was him and Tyreek Hill, and he was a full point better than Tyreek as well. So just Jefferson, you're splitting hairs here. Uh, he's also a great selection at one, one at one, two, however early you take him doesn't matter. But for me, you take the best running back, you put him in the best system for running backs with a full season next year and a full off season of understanding the playbook and everything and not coming in right in the middle of the year. I think he's going to be even better. So, uh, yeah, this is not hard for me. It's Christian McCaffrey. So in full point PPR doing this on fantasy pros, they've got a points per week. Uh, set up if I'm ignoring the quarterbacks. Interestingly enough, Justin Jefferson nor Christian McCaffrey from a per game perspective were, were the number one non-quarterback scoring player. It was actually Austin Eckler. 21.9 according to Fantasy Pros on full PPR. Justin Jefferson was 21.7 and Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. was 21. Uh, funny enough, all of them had 17 games per on there so there's not like taking any weird thing off. And obviously I agree here. And We're going to get into him but Austin Eckler versus Justin Jefferson at two is Justin Jefferson, your default with everything you said, or do you go back to the running back thing? Because Austin Eckler kind of answered everything this year, shut everybody up, scored the touchdowns. And technically non quarterback was the highest scoring player in fantasy this year. So is it everything you said about Jefferson or is it by default with everything you said? This has to go to Eckler's uh, one, two. I'm going to stick with Jefferson at at two. Uh, Eckler will be my three. And, And look, we're, we're splitting hairs on these guys, right? Because Eckler is a very, very good option, but he is more touchdown dependent than the other two guys. And we have a new offensive coordinator coming in for the Chargers that might change things up. Maybe the new OC likes a goal line back, which would, you know, hose a lot of Eckler's value. Uh, so right now, as it stands, I would go CMC one, Jefferson two. Okay. Number three, Austin Eckler. So I think what you guys can be comfortable with knowing. I think for the most part, this is the top three in some order. I believe we, we had another disagreement on the athletic one where Justin Jefferson was one three, but uh, Jake was very adamant about arguing that because of Jamar chase, because Jamar chase missed some time 
and from a points per game perspective, I I want to say something we kind of got into there was fantasy pros might have screwed up a little bit because of that one game and the miss thing. It might have screwed things up a little bit from what oh, it all for was. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah Cooper yeah. Cup. I actually, you know what? I'm sorry. It was Cooper Cup, not Jamar Chase, but it was Cooper Cup who scored 22.4 points per game, which is more than Jefferson. I think he was making the case for Cup and Chase potentially even over Jefferson, but it was Cooper Cup in there. So I think I'll that think might Chase, come back but, up. But Cup, man, like, I, and I love Cup. I think he's an outstanding talent. And but Matt Stafford might retire, and, and the offensive line is so well, bad. Is that so, a bad thing for him? Do you think overall? for Cup? Yeah. What if Jimmy Garoppolo goes to the Rams? I think he. I think he's a complete free agent. What if Garoppolo went to the Rams? I don't care. He's not as good as Matt Stafford. So he's better. Uh, you, you Stafford, think you think Matt Stafford was good this year? Not this year. I just well, mean overall. But like he wasn't good this year. Why is he going to be better next year if he's back? Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Matt Stafford right now, and next year would be better than Matt Stafford. That's I think I I don't know. I there, there's a lot of magic loss there. So and Cooper Cup is also coming off an injury. It's not like he's clean either. Yeah. So, no, no, I agree it, with that. I think the Cup thing it's is what too many. It. It's it's like death by a thousand factors, factors. there. Like you're gonna yeah. have you have a new OC, which it's McVay's system anyway. So it's still McVay, but a new quarterback, no matter who it is could come in and have, you know, some stumbles to start. It's not like it, not like Jimmy G has had a clean career by any stretch of the imagination. So he could come in and suck for the first five games and that's going to affect cup. So yeah. no, for me, it's chase easy over cup. Uh, so I, I could see putting chase in, in that argument. Oh, you're saying chase, not Jefferson. Okay. Um, no, no, no. I mean, chase with, Chase and Jefferson, like you can put Chase in that argument. I'm not putting Cup there. That's all I'm oh, saying. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, so my getting back to the point is like McCaffrey, Eckler, Justin Jefferson. I think that's your core top tier. That's the top tier. And things are going to start to open up as they did here. The fourth pick, our boy Braun, he did what might be the unthinkable and caused the angry Bogman. Travis Kelsey was the mm-hmm. one four. I had seen some sites throw out some early mock drafts as well before the season ended. And I saw Kelsey into the top five or six, which had you thinking, uh, obviously had me thinking when we were doing the athletic one. But if you just take out what you had seen before, the thing that you can't ignore was Travis Kelsey was the most dominant at his position compared to his peers. There's nobody that had a bigger discrepancy from how they are to the next guy scoring. One of the arguments I made against it a tiny bit was the second half of the year from week 10 on. Kelsey was still the highest scorer, but Kittle was within like a point and a half of him. I think overall, uh, I actually can put that together here real quick. It was because Travis Kelsey scored 18.6 points per game and full PPR. The only tight end over 300 points. It's insane. The number two was 13.4 in George Kittle, which is an absolutely absurd number. If we go week 10 on, this is where it alters a bit. Kelsey, 16.5. Kittle, 14.5. So there's still a... A degree of difference, but it was a 10 point difference from week 10 on once Kittle got going. That's it's not to dismiss the Kelsey going in the first round stuff. It's just he is so dominant. It is just a tough spin when you don't do running back or wide receiver. That's what I think yes. people have a hard time with. But and you I understand that are part. on board with this idea. Do you like him at four? It's a hundred and four four. You know what? I don't mind him at four. I'll say that. I don't know if I love it, but I don't mind him in that top like six area somewhere in there because I was even talking to Joe about this and Joe is on the Jake Seeley Welsh side too, where, you know, um, Kelsey might be in the first round, but he's closer to the back end of the first round. Um, th- then he is, you know, uh, he's not a second rounder maybe, but, but he's, he's not near the top, but Joe said, this is going to be the most dominant RPV performance of a season that he's ever seen. He said that, uh, Kelsey was worth, uh, 188% of mid tier tight end one we're talking about the five guys below him he's worth one plus 88 percent of the next guy which is just a ridiculous number and gives you such an advantage on a week-to-week basis at that position because if you're the guy that has kelsey versus the guy that has you know gets up stuck with cole Komet or someone like that it's just it's a 10 point difference almost there it's it's insane so, um, yeah, I mean, this the consistency and look, there are factors going into not loving um, Travis Kelsey. You know, the guy has been fairly injury free for a while. You feel like that's going to break eventually because tight end is one of the most brutal positions in the league. He's getting older. Um, they could add pieces without 
uh, much thought. So I get it. Not everyone's in. And plus you look at your team and you like it less when you take Travis Kelsey. I've, I've been in that corner as well. I just think that he's so dominant. He's got to go in the first round. I'm not sure where I'm going to put him for redraft when it's all said and done, but I can tell you he will be in the first round for me. Yeah, I'm more open to it. I like him more at like 10 where you could take him and then you could snap up one of these better values at like wide out or running back in there. But like taking him top five or six will just never happen to me. I, I think there's other dominant performances out there. Uh, number five to Bogman. This is kind of one of those unique ones. And, you know, you were making the case that you're just not quite in on Cooper Cup. And I, I got to say, I do think Cooper Cup fell even a little bit more than I expected in this draft. And you went the other direction, though. I will point out this was one I pressed with the athletic as well of like, I think this guy is in warranted to be talked about as the number two wide receiver of any of the crew. And you took Tyree Kill and Tyree Kill, you know, was scoring um, through his shoes all season long. Let me pull up the full season total because I had the you really uh, the one. He was the second highest scoring wide receiver. And I think you maybe have already said it. One yeah. of only three, but one of two in a full season. Cooper Cup counts. But three guys to average 20 or more points that at least played nine games. And Tyreek Hill played the whole year. And I think what Tyreek Hill showed more than anything this year is that he's QB proof, which very few wide receivers are like DeAndre Hopkins. You would put in there Devonte Adams. You would put in there like they are QB proof. You went down to Skylar Thompson a couple times and Tyreek was still performing. You put Teddy Bridgewater in when Tua was dealing with, you know, so many concussions this year, Tyreek Hill is still performing. So it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is next season for the Miami Dolphins. Tyreek Hill is QB proof. He is going to be set. He's going to be fine. So uh, that plus just this great season that he had and, you know, the the offense should get better too next year. You have a, a second year under their new head coach. I, I'm pumped about Tyreek Hill. Um, the rest of the first round. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me. You know what it is? Are you going blind? This draft board is so big. The text and like we have it on a oh. Google sheet and I'm just like, I'm looking. <laughs> I didn't so like big. I just did it one time. And oh, then, okay. uh, you know, I didn't mess with it. So yeah, I do. Look, I've got the font is at 14. All right. I'm getting on 40. Yeah. Give yeah, me I, a break. It's not bad. It's not like it's at 18. It's just like we can't fit the whole draft board on the sheet. And I have to scroll because it's 14. I laugh just at making me laugh to scroll. Come <laughs> on. So it's making me laugh. Sorry. All right. The rest of the first round, we had Josh Jacobs go one six. The seventh pick was Saquon eighth Dalvin cook nine Cooper cup, Stefan Diggs at 10 Jamar chase at 11 and Derek Henry at 12. Um, a couple things I noticed that stand out. Toff's pick of Dalvin cook seemed homerish. Maybe you yeah, can correct I mean me. It, like yeah. taking okay. a Minnesota Viking Dalvin yeah. cook above Cooper cup digs above. I'm not taking Dalvin cook, especially with everything going on. I'm not taking him above Derek Henry, Nick Chubb or two running backs that went in the second round, Bijan or Jonathan Taylor. So I didn't like that pick, but I know why he did it. And Dalvin cook is still a good, I'm not trying still to say dominant, like he's not yeah. a good uh, running back. He was, but he was down here with his 11th scoring running back in the league total points this year and he scored 14 points which is less than 12 so i hated that pick but i know why you did it top the other one that stood out was uh josh jacobs who went six and that felt like a very proximity pick to me because josh jacobs was the third scoring running back in the entire nfl 19.3 points 328 points in full ppr but there's a lot of questions on where the hell he's going to go. This is a kind of one-off thing to take him over Saquon again, even maybe Bijan, Derrick Henry. I just didn't, I, I wouldn't do that. And it felt very proximity. So those two so, really stood out in the first round to me. Yeah. I mean, look, Josh Jacobs, like you said, has so many questions. Dalvin cook is like high floor. That's why you're taking, there's no upside though. You know what you're getting from Dalvin cook. So I'm with you. I think he's closer to a back end of the first, early second. I think uh, he's an easy pick. second round without question. Second um, round, not even close to first. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that, but but I would say he's definitely not middle of the first. Well, okay, round. would you oh. take Dalvin Cook or Jonathan Taylor? I would take Jonathan Taylor. I'm, I, all I'm saying is that he's not he's not where he goes right now. I'm not going to push him that far out of the first round because he's still a dominant running back 
in a high scoring offense. This is, you know, that's true. Same offensive coordinator that the Rams had when they went on their run and they'll be in their second year. So they could get even better with Jefferson and adding by the way and all that stuff. So when you got Toff's team, I'm, I'm, I'm killing Dalvin cook pick. He has the best four core running backs. Anybody has it's stupid. Once we get there, I just didn't like that. But yeah, the Josh Jacobs, the Josh Jacobs one, like, like let's say this, let's say he goes back to Vegas, right? And, um, well, I guess that's a bad example because we have no idea who the QB is going to be. And there's no chance he's going back. That guy wants out. He's gone. No, I know what you're trying. He wants to go back because he thinks they're going to get Aaron Rodgers. So he wants to go back. He's already said that. So, uh, and he just put up an MVP type of year, uh, in, in, uh, Vegas. So, uh, I mean, I could see him going back to the Raiders, but put him in Miami, put him in Miami. And now this he's deserving to go where he went. Right. Uh, he is, I mean, is he Mike McDaniel yeah. who would be comfortable also? Well, no, I'm asking like, is he like Mike McDaniel comes from the running back by committee situation. They have Raheem and Jeff Wilson. You, you don't, don't think they yeah, would, but, but just look at what Josh Jacobs did. You don't, there are some guys you don't, you can't committee and Josh Jacobs right now, after this performance this year, you can't committee him. He's your no. one. He's your one, a your one B he's your one. There's no two with him. There's another guy. It'd be a lot like, you know, Eli Mitchell in San Francisco. Now, what the hell is he? He's nothing because CMC is going to get all the carries. Like he's uh, much less of a factor than he was last year. And I think Jacobs brings that to an offense, which is what's going to get him a contract, whether it's in Vegas or somewhere else. But uh, wherever he goes, he is the one now. I I would say that at least. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I'm not against it. It just it felt very much like he scored a bunch of points. He was it's there. recency bias. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Saquon, I liked. Jake made big cases why he should go higher. I, I obviously, I think I believe a little bit more in Cooper Cup than you do. I was, I was surprised while also not being surprised that Diggs went above Chase, but Diggs was, you know, an insane scorer this year as well. Uh, he ended up with the fourth highest score. He did score more than Chase because Chase missed time. So it's probably not that much of a surprise. They were neck and neck in points per game. I, I guess it's just a perception thing. But digs over that, I, I guess, got me a little bit thinking. Uh, any thoughts on the wideouts real quick? Because I do have a big question I want to ask you after that. Yeah, I mean, the the, this, the wideouts here are fine. I mean, you know, I think this is the group, though. Um, you know, I like CD, who will go in the next round, but he's the, the next level. You could throw Devontae into that group, probably. Uh, depending on who the quarterback for Vegas is, he is QB proof, but uh, you know, th- there's upside that, with a better QB, of course. So that was actually another one of those uh, that Jake and Brandon and I were going through is like, there are a lot big argument that Devonte could be number one or two in this. So like him going not in the first round is actually kind of a shock into this, but Derrick Henry, I was make I've been making a case for Derrick Henry. You off air, we were talking to me about it. Like this might be finally where you're kind of tapering, tapering off of it. So, I mean, what do you think about Derrick Henry mm, going no. 12? And, well, no, no, no you no, said no. like this could be the year that it finally doesn't pay off to take him really high. Um, I mean, look, that's a possibility. All, all I was talking about was range of possibilities because Pat and I had a big argument about Derrick Henry's rank in the fantasy pros dynasty uh, running backs pod that we just did with that, that show just returned. And um, I had him at 12. And Pat had him at 17. So uh, it was a big difference. 12 at us. running back. At run among running backs. Yeah, for Dynasty yeah. because he's older and he's had a lot of wear and tear. But sure. he is a freak of nature. Yeah, when you talk is. about, you know, who was the last running back we saw have this type of run with this type of usage? It was Peterson, right? That was yeah. the last one that we saw. And he lasted much longer than everyone thought, too, because he was a freak of nature. So think about this. Think about how good Derrick Henry was this year with the worst offensive line in the league. And that's not like an opinion. They had injuries. Taylor Luan went down. The replacements were awful. You look at PFF grades and they were 32 by a wide margin. And Derrick Henry was still churning up yards and scoring touchdowns and just being the unbelievable player that he is. So for me, Derrick Henry belongs right in this range. So I understand People that don't want to take him because of falling knife. And at some point, you know, he's going to be the older and go off the cliff because father nature or father time, excuse me, mother nature, father time. Uh, <laughs> they are, uh, they're both undefeated. And, and so he will fall off at some point. I just, I, I, he's the one guy that I'll be holding on to when he falls off. I don't care yeah, because I just, I have to see it first. It's one of those things where usually I have to see it to be in on a guy. 
I have to, for Derrick Henry, I have to see it to be off of him. 300 points he scored this past year in full PPR. He scored over 300 points and he and played he one less game. game. Yeah, he missed one yeah. less game. I mean, you know, had he had a Behind big game, he could have passed line. Josh Jacobs. Yeah, it's 26 points less than Josh Jacobs in one less game on how that year went. All right, so the second round. So Brant Hoover had Derrick Henry. He paired him with Nick Chubb, so he went back to back. Aaron went wide receiver, wide receiver, going Jamar Chase and C.D. Lamb. Barrow took B. John Robinson, which he paired with Stefan Diggs. Kyle T got Jonathan Taylor, who I think kind of slipped. So that's a cup and Taylor. That's a big injury team he put together. Yeah. A lot of upside. Toft off of his cook went Kenny, uh, Ken Walker, which I like. Then I still can't believe these guys let this fall. Then he got Devontae Adams with Barkley, which I think hands down would be Jake's favorite team. I think it's insane that that matchup got to get put together. Nick got AJ Brown, which he paired with Josh Jacobs. At five, so this well, this would actually technically now be like eight, I think the eighth pick, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleven, twelve. Yeah, this would be the eighth <laughs> pick in the second round. Bogman, you took Najee Harris with Tyreek Hill. Brees Hall went next, which killed me because that's who I wanted. Joe Mixon, I took Tony Pollard to pair with Christian McCaffrey, and the last pick, CK went wide receiver, wide receiver, getting Amon Ross St. Brown. So let's first talk about your pick. You mm-hmm. taking Najee Harris? You took Najee Harris over Brees. Um, over really like a lot of players, I think most people would question, though Najee did look good towards the second half. You just kind of are going to buy back in and go second round after this piss poor year he had? Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, if, if you look at the second half after the bye week when he was clearly healthy, guy averaged over 15 points per game. So it, it's... He was the seventh scoring running backs week 10 on in full PPR uh, in total points. He moves down a little bit in average, but I think sure. it only goes down to ninth. But so. you also think of that whole front half of the year where you're going Trubisky to Kenny and uh, the, and and he was hurt. Like I kind of take that up, crumple it up, and throw it away because you're not going to have to deal with a rookie quarterback again. You're not going to have to deal with this Liz Franck injury again. For Najee, you get a full off season of him resting, Kenny getting better. It's the same offensive system, so they should get better within it. And that offensive system also says give the ball to Najee 25 times a game. So. Uh, I expect him to get better. I expect him to score more. I expect him to catch more. And I just think he's going to be a better player overall. Brees Hall was my one question. And if Brees Hall was coming in here without issue, without a knee injury, it would have been Brees Hall by a million miles. I mean, that's not even a question. But we saw what happened with J.K. Dobbins coming back this year, and we've seen it in the past. You know, a guy hurts his knee. We think he's going to have more than enough time to rehab. We get into camp. We don't really see him. He has a setback, all that stuff. So at this point, this second drafting, I would have to take Najee over Brees Hall. The closer we get to the season, the more likely Brees Hall is going to be above Najee in my rankings. But right now, I just couldn't do it because we don't know what Brees is going to be come opening day. Yeah, I love Brees. I uh, I would have snapped taken him if he were there. That just didn't end up being the case. Uh, Tony Pollard for me was a tough one. I think pick. there's a lot of assumption. What's that? It's a great pick. Yeah, I was. It's an assumption of Ezekiel Elliott being gone from this team, and it would be huge. And Tony Pollard being the guy with well, he's him, a UFA. He could be that, somewhere else. Put him in Miami. I mean, that also that. plays in. That also plays in. And Tony Pollard, even with Zeke, was still the eighth highest scoring running back in all of football. In PPR, eighth highest scoring on total points per game. I think it's, yeah, again, this is like uh, ninth. He goes down to ninth. He rocks down a notch. And uh, and what I gave you before was Najee Harris's total. So it's weird. Najee Harris, second half, was relevant to Tony Pollard's entire season as far as the structure of it. And I decided to jump in there because he's just a total package, one of the most explosive running backs in the league. And there are some question marks, but Brees Hall was totally my pick in here. Um, you know, great picks. AJ Brown deserves to be a first rounder. Devontae Adams, you could justify Jonathan Taylor being a pick, but let's just do Bijan. Bijan ends up being 13, 15th overall pick. How low is that in your eyes? No, I mean, uh, landing spot is going to mean a lot, even for a guy like this. But right now, without a team, he's a borderline first round player. So I think this is right around the range where he should have gone. Of course, I was hoping that he would fall back to me. Uh, I would have taken him over Najee, but no such luck. So I think Barrow I mean, don't had you a think, pretty good one there. Don't you think he should be a first-round pick when we're getting oh, more serious about drafts? I do. I, I do. But there's – look, we've seen teams go out and uh, who already have a good running back go and take another running back. It, it won't matter 
because yeah, I, was about to say, I just defended you with uh, Jake. Oh, okay, but here? Can, can you let me make my point? It oh, okay. won't matter because by week five, Bijan will be past whoever's put in front of him. But we've seen plenty of times. Brees Hall. How long did it take Brees Hall to beat Michael Carter? Took him five, okay, six weeks, but like and he was Brees clearly Hall the better Ken Walker, talent. but you didn't take them in the first round. Like, see that that's where we're not going to agree. Being like, hey, this guy will overtake him in week five, but at first round cost is Clyde edwards combo again. Listen, I'm not telling you that his skill is is bad or or he doesn't deserve to go in the first round. He does. I'm telling you that coaches are hard headed, and I agree with that. It, it depends on where he goes for his usage for the first month of the season. If he goes to Carolina six overall he's the only player there now you know uh he, he's gonna get 30 touches a game if he goes to carolina you know what i mean but if he ends up with the jets for whatever reason now it's him and Brees hall you know what i mean so like it's it's a big it is a big difference but it won't matter because unless the niners draft him which why the hell would they you gave all your draft picks away for christian mccaffrey there is no running back that he's not better than skill wise just Christian McCaffrey. That is it. Okay. Uh, third round. So CK got his first running back with Aaron Jones. I took uh, Travis Etienne in the third round. So I went running back, running back, running back. We had Jalen Waddle go uh, 3-3. DK Metcalf, you took Mark Andrews. Jamal Williams, Damian Pierce, DeAndre Swift, Ramondre Stevenson, Alvin Kamara, who remember will have a suspension, Miles Sanders, and T. Higgins. So um, Travis Etienne was relatively easy for me. Uh, I wanted to have good high-end running backs. I did consider uh, DeAndre Swift pretty heavy, so that's why I really like this. So Toft right now has Cook, Walker, and Swift. I have McCaffrey, Pollard, and Etienne. You know, so like, I don't know, what, where's better? But you liked my Etienne pick. I think it's a great pick, and I, I'm, I got to tell you this. I'm going to take him way over uh, Swift uh, if you were considering him because Swift – uh, skill wise, I think is right in line with Travis Etienne. Homeboy can't stay on the field, man. It is yes, so sir. annoying. He cannot stay on the field. Jamal Williams was the better running back in that backfield last year, too. So uh, he's a UFA, of course. But how, if you're the Lions, how do you not resign Jamal Williams? He's like the leader in your locker room. He's, team. he's your yeah, guy. Yeah, he, he's your guy. You have to resign him. So I'm assuming, assuming he's going to be back. And there's no one there to help Travis Etienne. I'm not convinced that they won't bring someone else in because they didn't like passing him the ball for whatever reason. I think, what, he had 35 catches Welsh, something in that neighborhood. It was way less than we expected. Because remember, this is a guy that got drafted, and Urban Meyer said they're going to move him to wide receiver. So for him to only have 30 receptions or whatever it was, uh, was uh, kind of eye-rolling. He did have way more carries in the red zone and near the goal line than I thought he did for his very low, I think he had five total touchdowns. Is very low uh, touchdown, so there's still meat on the bone with Travis Etienne. So I think that's a great pick there. Yeah, I, I'm I'm almost fearful to have the conversation about your Mark Andrews one. I'll let you talk about it. I know your feeling on it. I wouldn't have. There's no chance I would. I, I don't even think I'm going to take him too with how everything went. I know you like you're very balanced. You have a wide receiver, running back, and then you took a tight end. Mm. You still value him here. Kittle went goes in the next round, the pick before you, so you wouldn't have got Kittle coming back. I just like I should have waited. I should have waited to okay. see how far Mark Andrews would fall. But this is what we're forgetting about Mark Andrews. Lamar missed so much of the season, right? So much of it. They still don't have a wide receiver that's any good. Rashad Bateman can't stay on the field. Demarcus Robinson is coming through. Maybe you try to draft someone, I guess. But that's not really the Ravens' way. That's not really how they do things. They don't go out on a limb and take uh, big-name wide receivers because then you eventually have to pay those guys, and that's not first in this system. And they just came out today as we're recording this and said, Lamar's our guy. There's a 200% chance he returns. Uh, you know, th so the whole system after, is still built after Lamar, around him. by the way, put a Photoshop picture on his Instagram of him as a uh, Washington commander. Right. So, I mean, th that's a whole thing, but they're just going to franchise him and bring him back. That's what, unless yeah. a team drops four first round picks on them, he's going back to Baltimore and Mark, Mark Andrews was playing hurt as well. Like he got hurt. He played through a knee injury. So it was an all around bad year for Mark Andrews. I wanted to take him kind of to highlight here that he is still going to hold a decent amount of value. So if I'm not in a position to get Kelsey, I'm still going to be in on Mark Andrews uh, coming off just a completely down year. But I should have waited. You're absolutely right. Give me a pick you, you really liked and didn't like in this round. Uh, okay. I did not like Alvin Kamara from Barrow because he's going to get yeah. a suspension. It's going to be bad. So um, I thought... I thought Nick's pick of Jamal was a little risky. 
Um, just because he's a UFA, I mean, like I said, how do you not how do you not bring him back? Um, I really like the Ramondre Stevenson pick by also. Kyle because Damian Harris is an unrestricted free agent. They're gonna go with Kevin Harris as that second guy, but this is Stevenson's job now. He is a main back. So I thought that was a very good pick in this stage. I agree that Stevenson was going to be mine as well. Uh, maybe even Damian Pierce getting a little bit of value. I like that. I also like the Jalen Waddle one a lot. Kamara stands out as one I, I didn't like. I also didn't really like Miles Sanders. I think that team, even though he had a much better he's a year. UFA too. Yeah, I just don't know what that does. If he leaves, maybe he's going to a situation that's his. I just don't know if I particularly like it. Uh, the fourth round, it went. So Brand Hoover had T. Higgins with the last pick. I also I don't, I don't know if I cared about that too much uh brent hoover took deandre hopkins is the first pick in the fourth then we had jameer gibbs another rookie going in the fourth round to aaron then Devonte smith keenan allen javante williams michael pittman george kittle you took tyler algier i got murdered these my two picks <laughs> after this were either debo or garrett wilson and braun took debo and then whoever the hell Steven or whoever that really is. really Bogman 2.0 because he didn't show up. So I, I took all these picks. So. Oh, okay. And then Garrett Wilson. Uh, okay. So Bogman 2.0 took Garrett Wilson. So I try, I decided to pivot and I went with Josh Allen. I went with the top quarterback and then Chris Godwin. So, you know, my decision on that is something Jake and I were talking about as well, that like more than ever, the top end quarterbacks in what they're providing to you, it's we're, we're turning into less people being like, Hey, screw late round quarterbacks, blah, blah, blah get the top end and really reap the benefits. That was the final straw for me when I lost Devo and Garrett Wilson. I would have taken them coming back or one of the others. And it seems like uh, the next three pick or two of the next three picks in the fifth round were quarterbacks. So I took Josh Allen. I feel pretty good about it with my running backs, but no wideouts yet. Yeah. So that was where I went. And you went with Tyler Algier, who, you know, looked fantastic to end the year, but there's still some Atlanta questions, I suppose, overall. Yeah, I, I mean, I might have taken the riskiest pick in this round. Uh, it, I think Vinny probably did with Pittman, uh, just because we don't know who the quarterback is going to be, who the head coach is going to be. Is he? We saw some rumor about Pittman going to Chicago in a yeah, trade. Yeah, I saw that one. You know, which I think is all BS and smoke right now. But um, it, it was either that pick of Pittman or my Tyler Algier pick. Uh, but uh, the last like five weeks, four or five weeks, it, Atlanta really. Just started giving the ball well, to Algier 17, 15, 20 times. You want to hear this, Boggs? Week 14 on, Tyler Algier was the eighth highest scoring running back for the final five games. There's only four games that qualify in there. He actually, still from a total points, was eighth, and his points per game were eighth, and he had one less game uh, in there for total points. So think about that. But over 17 points per game, you know, essentially in the final month of the season for him, which is pretty impressive. And this system is not changing. The, the offensive line is mainly intact. They have their right tackle as a free agent, Caleb McGarry, but I would assume that they're going to go ahead and uh, sign him back and, and roll with him. And um, they have so many needs on this team. They're not spending a draft pick on a running back. I can tell you that right now with uh, all the certainty in the world. I know that there's a lot of mocks of them going with Bijan because they're a run-heavy team. So obviously that would be amazing for Bijan and he would smoke Tyler Algier. He'd be right out uh, of this range for sure. But I think when you have so many needs, you need, um, you still need a little line help. You, you need so much on defense, defensive line, all the spots, linebackers, uh, defensive backs. You need so much on defense that they're going to spend their capital there uh, in, in the draft or in free agency so I don't think running back is going to be very high on their priority list because they like Tyler Algier. And if Cordell Patterson doesn't retire, then it's going to be a, a one-two punch with Algier being the lead again. And I think this offense gets better in, in the second year under, you know, give Desmond Ritter a full off season and, you know, all that stuff. If, if he's their choice or it gets better because they go, they move up and get like CJ Stroud or someone to make this better, but they are going to be a run heavy team again because that's what they built here, which makes me down on Kyle Pitts and, uh, you know, maybe Drake London a little bit overall as well from where we were last year. So one of the things like when I see Miles Sanders go in the third round, I just think people forgot about Javante Williams. I think that was a mistake. Uh, maybe, maybe not, but uh, I thought it was a great pick. That's probably one of my Javante favorite picks in this. One. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In the fourth round, Javante, I thought was a steal. I also liked Kittle. Garrett Wilson is probably the other one. Garrett Wilson's, I mean, Debo is, I think, kind of obvious, but Garrett Wilson and him were probably my absolute favorites. If I had to pick a least favorite, 
I don't know, maybe Hopkins as things are getting, you know, kind of winding down on that Cardinal situation. Just don't know where he's going to be. But like I yeah. said before, he is QB proof, which is nice. what about yours? Oh. What about yours? Favorite and least favorite uh, in the drafts or in this no, round? In this fourth uh, in this round. Um, my favorite. I think I'm with you. I think Javante was such a steal. I think people definitely forgot about him. Um, you know, obviously he's coming off the knee injury, which is huge. And that offensive line was bad and Russ was bad. Uh, but there's going to have, they're going to have a new head coach. They'll try to patch up that O line. Uh, so I, I think he'll get better. The big risk with him is coming off the injury. Just like we were talking about Brees Hall. Uh, fortunately, Javante's injury happened a little earlier in the season. So there's less of a question of him making it back in time, but coming off major surgery, there's always a question. So that's why he slipped. But I think that was a great, what steal. was your least? Um, my least probably, probably Pittman just because we don't know where he's going to go. Okay. That's all. Uh, in the fifth round to end it out, but, but, but I'm just doing the math. It was Patrick Mahomes. So he was the first pick. So CK had took Godwin with the last pick in the fourth round after I had taken Allen. Then he takes Patrick Mahomes. I took Chris Olave. Jalen hurts then went as the next pick. So, you know, we had a quarterback run. Uh, James cook was the fourth pick in the fourth round by uh, Braun. You took Terry McLaurin, Joe Burrow went in there, Rashad white, Amari Cooper, TJ Hawkinson, Cam Akers, James Connor and Mike Williams. So uh, let's just do quick here. Terry McLaurin, you just are, you're a nonstop believer and he was still solid, solid. This is a solid receiver. Get, I, I did take you, Chris Olave over him though. Uh, yeah, I would have taken Chris Olave over him too. Okay. I was curious. And I'm going to be way less than on Terry McLaurin. If this narrative of Sam Howell as our starter is pushed forward because I just don't believe in Sam Howell. So, um, you know, I know he had one good game at the end of the season, but if Ron Rivera is for sure they're sticking with um, with Sam Howell for this season, I'm going to be down on Washington. Yeah, and, and this mock happened before that. Like, would you have taken like a Mike Evans or even a London before? Yeah, I would have taken McLaurin. one of those two guys over him for sure. And okay. it's not that I love McLaurin. You know that I love the skill, but I cannot stand Sam Howell being the quarterback there. So that that yeah. would drive me insane. I, I think they're they're in a position where they could upgrade a quarterback. I mean, Jimmy G is an upgrade. So go get him. Do something. Yeah. You can't stay stagnant. Can't have this rookie in there. That's Total points. Olave, uh, even though there's one last game, weeks one through 10, he was a 19th scoring wide receiver. And just how this sorts, I can't quite tell. I want to say he's probably like about 19. And he's between like 17 and 20. Uh, as far as uh, wide receivers go, weeks one through 10 when things were kind of rolling and getting him in the fifth round, I thought that well, he was my first wide receiver, but I think there is wide receiver upside-ish, though he was more of a wide receiver too. That's what happens though when you wait till the fifth round to get your first wide out. Um, that's where I went with that. Otherwise in the round, you know, if I had to pick favorites and least favorites, I actually think Hawkinson's sneaky, but I'm not going to go into there. Um, I think James Cook. James Cook by Braun is a fun one, even though this because this kind of it is a running back dead zone, so he might kind of qualify that. And least favorite, I don't know. There's something about like Amari Cooper. The the this whole like Cooper Acres Connor range, I don't particularly love. Um, maybe even the Mike Williams pick. The, the back half of the fifth round is not my favorite. But what was your favorite and least favorite as we end this out? Actually, like some of the running backs here. I don't mind Cam Akers or Connor. Uh, I don't mind Rashad White or Cook. Um, I don't know. I, I think I'm with you with these wide receivers. Cooper, I don't know. Uh, Mike Williams, is that dude ever going to have a full healthy season? Like, it's super annoying. So those are the ones that are kind of questionable to me, which uh, kind of tells you maybe it is time uh, to take wide receivers a little bit earlier because yeah. this mid-range is – it'll flush out. We'll get more quarterbacks in different situations, which will make some of these wide receivers more attractive. Uh, but I don't know. I, I like the running back picks here, and I don't like the wide receivers, which is something I have not said in the past in this range at all. Yeah, so. something I could get down with personally myself is like, had I gotten the benefit in the in the um, in one of these rounds to have gotten like a Garrett Wilson or Debo or even AJ Brown to fall back or Waddle in the third, like maybe I should have taken Waddle in the third as my one. And then maybe, you know, Garrett Wilson falls and he's my two. And then the fifth round, I take Mahomes or Hurts. So if I would have had like McCaffrey, uh, Pollard, and then Waddle, Wilson, and then Patrick Mahomes or Hurts, that would have been pretty good. That would have been pretty solid. I would have liked that to, to get a little bit more on the wide receivers. It's a pretty good round. Um, nothing crazy fell into the next round that we did. Mike Evans might be one of the most obvious ones. Maybe J.K. Dobbins. They did go into that next round that we did finish out. But I think it's a pretty good, strong core. 
two rookies in there overall. The mix is I think here. that's right. What? The, the rookies. rookies. I th- okay. Yeah, I, th- I think it's just going to be those two. Maybe another running back uh, jumps up, ending up in a good situation. But for right now, those are the two that would be in this range. And here were the roster breakdowns. CK was three wide receiver, one running back quarterback. I was three running back, one quarterback, one wide receiver. I want to work on that this offseason. The third pick was even two running backs, two wide outs, a quarterback. Braun was tight end, two running backs, two wide outs, so no quarterback. Bogman was two running back, two wide out, tight end. We had a uh, one wide out on Nick. It had two running backs, a tight end, a quarterback, and one wide receiver. So there's some balance there. We had a three running back, two wide out, a four running back, one wide out by Toft. And then the final three uh, or four here, four. Or, yeah, four, two wide out, two running back, tight end, three running back, two wide out, three running back, two wide out, and three wide receiver, two running back. So there's some big mixes in there, but what was that like? three, three running back, two wide out, and then a four running back one as well. So that just kind of gives you guys what the overall construction looks like. So go over to NSYNC.com. You can see the free post. If you want to see the five rounds, we will be doing more mock drafts in the off season. Of course, a lot of draft coverage is coming up and that'll make it a little bit easier as we move through and do more fantasy football than we've ever done before. So it was good stuff. I mean, overall bogs, I don't think there was anything insane. A couple things weird, some things that did differ from this. Yeah, some things differed from this and what I did on The Athletic. You know, Jonathan Taylor was in the first. Devonta Adams was like a no-brainer first-round pick. So those are a little bit of questions. Yeah, yeah. There are definitely um, a couple things that need to be worked out here. But that's why we do them. Uh, we do them early at, to mock to see where people's heads are at. So That's right, baby. All right, go to NThisLeague.com. You guys want to sign up. You want to get access to the stuff and the things. You want to talk football with us or any other sports. We'd love to have you. That is it. But we will be back again for a Super Bowl prop show. If you guys are listening, that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, go also go to our Twitch. We Bogman and I are having a little conversation. If you guys are familiar with our Twitch, we did a Degenathon. Might do something like that leading up into the Super Bowl. So be on the lookout. Twitch.tv slash in this league. Subscribe here and follow us on Twitter at is it the Welsh at Bogman Sports. Goodbye, football fans. If the if the Niners is the Cowboys, I'm never doing this podcast again. I won't be here next week. <laughs> I definitely won't be here next week. I don't know if I'll be here for the Super Bowl. So you guys will know what's going on. But follow CK the podcast. and I will sure. do it then. Yeah, we'll, exactly. We'll, we'll find you guys will have something to listen to. Exactly. All right. Uh, we're out of here. It's Bogging Welsh. Peace. Oh, yeah. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.